I'm Amelia, and you're listening to Echo the Podcast. Hey, my name is Devin Kennedy. I am a singer-songwriter and producer from Los Angeles, California, and my new song, Frequent Flyer, is out now, and my debut album, California Rain, comes out on June 8th. On this episode, we chatted with Devin Kennedy. The multi-talented artist's latest single, Frequent Flyer, has just landed. The dreamy slow jam is an in-flight cocktail of pop, R&B, and alternative. This release is just one in a series of singles, including Fine Wine and As Is, that have put Kennedy on everyone's radar, including Spotify, who named him the fourth highest streaming unsigned artist in the U.S., We chatted with a multi-talented artist about the single, his upcoming album, California Rain, and more. Take a listen. Devin, I am so excited to have you on. And like you said, you recently released your single Frequent Flyer. What inspired that R&B slow jam? Um, Well... Well, that, that that's it right there. I love R&B slow jams. Um, I grew up on that type of music. I love John Mayer. I love like uh, Tom Mish. I love artists that are just all about the uh, like slow jam R&B guitar vibes. And I wanted to kind of make it my own. Um, I probably, you know, I, I think my mind always goes to writing like slower, more chill music. So I probably got a million slow jams in the vault. But um but always was waiting for like the right one that felt like it had, um, you know, a, uh, wider appeal. Like I wanted people to be able to relate to it, but I also just wanted it to be super fun, which this song is. And it just felt like the right moment to put out a slow jam. And, uh, and I I love it. It's one of my favorite songs I've ever made. What about it, um, makes it your favorite? You know, for me, when I'm writing a song, um, well, a lot of the time we start with the lyrics, right? So we have we have the the concept together. And in this case, we wrote a lot of the song in one day, like uh, last fall. And um, then the product, like producing the song for me is a lot about like dressing up the song the right way, right? You could do like, you could, it's it's a wide open blank canvas. You could literally do anything with the song, which which I love about making music. That's like one of my favorite things. But dressing it up the right way is like, so crucial. Right. And for me, it comes down to the chords a lot of the time. So I think we, we redid the chords like 10 different times on this song and, and just choosing different chords and different, like different, uh, emotions and feelings come out of those chords that, you know, depending on what you, how they interact and where you put them and whatever. So a lot of thought went into that and making it feel, you know, really cool, but still, um, still fun and still, uh, like almost disguising this slow jam vibe with something that could be, you know, just a a pop song really. And trying to like, kind of find the middle ground between all those, those influences and everything, um, just made for a really fun song. Absolutely. And I can hear all that come through on the songs. And like you said, in the chords, and I saw that you posted too, that this song was written on a trip to Joshua tree. Um, how did being out there inspire the song? Um, and then also just, can you tell me more about what that process was like and what it was like being out there? Totally. That was my first trip out there um, for like a, an extended period of time. I'd never gone out and did like a writing trip on location or anything. Um, the last few years, I've really like settled into working with like a small crew of people on my music f- for the most part. And 
Um, they're all LA based. And so it just felt like the right thing to do to write, you know, write an album and just get out of LA for a little bit and really focus on writing and writing only. Um, and it was really nice. It, uh, it allowed everybody to kind of like get to know each other a little better, which was cool. But, um, also, I don't know if you've ever been to Joshua tree, but there is not much out there. So you are just there to work, right? Like there is nothing else going on. And I love that. Um, so it, it was definitely inspiring. The isolation of it was, was, uh, something that I don't get a lot of, and I really enjoyed kind of being unplugged and just focusing on music for a little bit and not worrying about like the internet or my phone or any of that. And so all that went into the inspiration for it, I would say. And, um, the process this, for this album and for that trip specifically, um, a lot of the time what I'll do is I'll just make like a lot of different beats and a lot of different ideas for months at a time. Right. And so make a beat, sing a bunch of melodies, sing whatever lyrics come to mind, just ideas, ideas, ideas. And then I try to do that every day. And then I just like throw it in my, in my hard drive and leave it. And so then I went to Joshua tree with like easily 200 of those ideas, right? Just uh -huh. different. It could be one little guitar part. It could be a whole song. It could be different. You know, it's just different ideas. And, um, and then we would just write to those ideas a lot of the time. But what, what I thought was really interesting about this trip is I went out there thinking, all right, well, I'm super prepared. I got 200 different things to write to. And we did write to some of those, but we got there and we just started, you know, me and my co-producers making different beats and different things like being inspired by just being there and the, the surroundings of, of where we were. And like, we stayed in this crazy Airbnb with all this vinyl and these crazy pictures oh, cool. it brings about a different feeling than sitting in my house. Right. Like, and so we got there and I'm like, I'm so prepared. And then we ended up like remaking up like 80 different, you know, ideas, but we were there anyway, you know, just making different beats and doing different um, vibes and feelings and everything. And so I thought that was really interesting that like, you know, you can prepare so much, but then you get there and you just kind of feel it and make something different that, that is inspired by your surroundings. So it was quite the trip. I think we did at least half the album on the, on the one trip. And, um, and it just felt super natural. One thing that I thought was really cool too, is there's a, there was a lot of old vinyl in this cabin that we stayed in. Um, they had a record player and whatever. So we'd be like making dinner and just like, Oh, someone put on a record or whatever. And it was a lot of sixties and seventies, um, vinyl and a lot of stuff that was very like, I don't want to say doo-wop, but like almost like, uh, a lot of different vocals and, and vocal choirs and just a lot of really crazy vocal arrangements. And we didn't think about it then, but that did end up really inspiring the vocal production for the album too. Like, how do we make me sound like a doo-wop quartet in one moment? Or how do we, you know, like give me that, that, uh, Frank Sinatra, you know, feeling on a song, like how do we evoke those emotions in the vocals. Um, it just really made for an interesting process. So. I know. I think it was in Frequent Flyer that I really noticed that there was one section where you really hear that like doo-wop mm -hmm. type choir, um, all the harmonies. It sounds really cool. And you talked a little bit about the writing and everything. And you've actually penned tracks um, for people other than yourself, too, including Ben Platt and Ryan Tedder, Andy Grammer. Is the process similar or different when you're writing for someone else versus yourself? I would say that it's pretty different. Um, 
for me, at least I'm serving in a different role in, in those, uh, types of, uh, sessions. Um, when I'm making music for myself, I mean, the, the decisions and the guidance and the, um, vision for what we're doing is got to come from me first. And it always kind of always falls back to me. So everyone can throw in different ideas and I'm kind of the person who's saying, okay, let me take that idea and let me take this idea. And what, you know, how do we change that? How do we change this? And so I'm kind of like overseeing things in a way. And I think that should be the role for the most part of any artist who's being produced or written for with other people. Um, because no one really can understand your vision. Like you can, or he, like they're trying to get what you hear in your head out into that song. That's what the artist should be trying to do. Right. And so when I'm in with somebody, I'm, I'm trying to help them find that vision or I'm trying to get them there or throw in ideas that can, you know, guide them to that place. And, um, sometimes that means me sitting in the back and just letting it happen. And sometimes it means that I'm doing all of it and I'm writing it all and throwing in all the ideas. It just depends on, on the situation, but, but it really just comes down to the vision of who you're um, working with. And, and that's why a couple of years ago, I stopped really doing like the, uh, like write a song to pitch to some big artist or like, I, I don't want to do that anymore. I want to sit in the room and I want to see when someone gets excited about an idea and say, okay, that is what we got to do. Like, let's figure it out. And, um, not only has that led to like more success from a, a production and songwriting, you know, career perspective, but also it's just way more fun. So. Oh yeah, I'm sure. And it also, I would guess that it would produce a song that feels more authentic to that artist. And if they're not having fun singing it, then it's going to come through uh, on the music. Totally. I mean, it just just will never really find its way out if you don't communicate what they want to communicate. You know, I, I always love when I'm writing with somebody and and you, you have them, we're only halfway through the song and they're like, oh man, the music video for this would be so sick. Like, you know, you're getting it right. If they're talking, oh man, playing this live would be so cool. You're like, all right, I nailed it today. You know, they, <laughs> I got yep. them a song that they love. And so that's the best feeling, right? So. Absolutely. And speaking of music videos, how did you come up with the concept for the frequent flyer music video? So, um, I mean, it's pretty on the nose, but we wanted to film it in a plane. Right. And, um, how, how we figured this out is a miracle. I I don't even know. It takes a village truly to put things like that together. Um, you know, it's easy enough for me to sit back and say, I want to film inside of a plane, but then it takes a a bunch of people to execute that and find the plane and (laughs) figure out how we get there and how we do it. And, um, and yeah, we, we, uh, we were lucky enough to, um, find, uh, owners of a, of decommissioned commercial plane that we could, um, shoot in. And, um, I'm just blessed. It's my favorite video I've ever made. I I don't know how we pulled it together, but it's, um, it's crazy. The, the, uh, the director, Ben Danielson, who did all my videos for this whole, uh, rollout of my album, um, is an absolute legend for making it happen. And, um, you know, it's time for liftoff. Yeah. Yeah. And the colors on it are so cool. And I was actually going to ask you because I noticed that Ben was the director on uh, music videos like um, Fine Wine and As Is and everything. Um, How did you get connected with Ben? And what was it like to collaborate with him on this project and previous projects? So we got connected um, 
the music industry is so random. He just sent me a cold email like almost three years ago now and uh, was just like, hey, I really like one of your songs. I, I forget what song it was. And he just offered his services and said, I would love to work on a video. And um, and then the first video we did together was for my song, Forget About You, which came out about a year ago now. And um, he did a great job. And this time around, um, we... My, my team and I, we, we love Ben. Ben is just the nicest person you will ever meet. He's such a joy to work with. And that is really what I care about most. And, and he's obviously super talented on top of it, but getting to work with people who are excited about my project and just friendly and are just friends, really, that, that is the most important thing to me. And he is a friend. So we love that. And, um, Leading up to uh, to this year when we were trying to figure out what we wanted to do for the visual assets and everything around this project, um, we were just starting to finish up the album. I'm just starting to do the final mixes, and this is in December. And just out of nowhere, I get a call that I get to go on tour with Daniel CV couple days before the tour starts really like a quick turnaround. We're like, wow, we got to go on tour, which means we got to put out a song. But yeah. we, got, we got a video. We got five days to figure this out. Oh my God, we're in, we're scrambling, right? And so we call Ben and we're like, hey man, like we got to shoot a video for the first single of the year. This is the song. It's called Love You Anymore. And um, we have to do it. Like the only day that works in my schedule is to do it on New Year's Day. Can you make it happen? And, and this is two days before. He's like, yes, I can make it happen. I'll rent the truck. I'll rent the camera, whatever. So we shot the video on a cliff in, in uh, Malibu in, uh, on New Year's Day and spent like the whole day shooting it. He pulled it together in like two days. And we were just starting to develop what like a visual component of these, this uh, album would be. Um, we didn't even have the, the songs finished yet. So we were just like, okay, we think the song, we think the album is going to be called California brain. Last few years, a lot of what I've done has been very bright, very, you know, yellow and beach and, you know, just um, super sunny summer type thing. And I wanted to go like, what is the opposite direction of that look like for this project? How do we like completely, rethink what we're we're doing from a visual perspective. So even though it's called California rain, you'd think it'd be kind of bright and whatever we wanted to go into. What does it look like to film this at night? Like what is like twilight, you know, sunset look like uh, pinks and purples and, you know, dark blues and just different kind of palette and different kind of mood to the whole thing. And so he nailed that on that first video and we kind of let that inspire the rest of the rollout. Okay. Let's keep those colors in mind. When we go in, when we shoot inside the plane, let's use the pink, let's use the blue, you know, um, let's use those same kind of hues and moods and feelings. And, um, it just makes for something that's really cohesive, which, um, just makes me feel great. Cause I'm always trying to make things that feel super cohesive. The whole project feels like it was, uh, made and um just put together the right way and that's always a good feeling absolutely and so how does frequent flyer tie into uh the theme or the story of the album or even the sound of the album well th so the sound is um the sound is a uh like a r&b a pop jazz inspired kind of um record it's it it's a little bit of everything depending on the song um, and, and still cohesive in a way, but I wanted to kind of give people different sides of what I could do. Um, especially it being like my first full length project. And so I think it fits in, um, in the way that, uh, I can make even something that's slow and 
you know, uh, typically considered a slow jam, you know, something that is just as I think memorable and catchy as like a, an upbeat summer, you know, pop song. I, I just think it's a different feeling, but it doesn't mean that it's not, um, any less, uh, relatable mm-hmm. commercial or anything like that. It's really always trying to just blend uh, a mix of things and trying to, um, trying to put true musicality into pop music. That's what I care about is like, how can I still stay true to music and like musical integrity, like that things that I love and, but still make it something that, you know, my mom would listen to, or (laughs) someone who's, you know, just a music listener, you know, it doesn't, you don't have to be a musician to, to love my music, but I do want musicians to also love my music. And so that's me trying to tie all those different things together. And I think frequent flyer is a good representation of, of that for me. Absolutely. And if this is kind of a fun question too, kind of keeping that in mind, if you could set a musician or a fan or any listener up in an environment to listen to frequent flyer or the entire album, what do you imagine it looking like? That's a cool question. Um, for the whole album, I think, okay, I think you get the vinyl, you have it on a vinyl player, right? You're in like a nice like cabin. You got the vinyl playing, it's raining outside. You can see it kind of streaming down the windows, but you're, you can't hear it. You can only just see it. Mm-hmm. And then you have the album on, it's dark, you know, like lights are dimmed. And it's just moody. I mean, that, that I think is the perfect listening environment, but it has to be raining. It has, it has to be to raining. Be. Okay. <laughs> if like it's not, moody. we'll add some effects and it <laughs> if will work. If it's not, just pause it and just wait. Yeah. <laughs> or Check like, the weather. To, yeah. Go to Seattle or something. Like go, go somewhere where it's going to rain. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, and what are you looking forward to most about sharing this album, especially because it's your debut album? I, um, I'm looking forward to showing some new sides of me musically, um, that I have, uh, I've yet to show off. I think, you know, my last project poetry was very lyrical and very, um, songwriterly for lack of a better term. And not to say that I'm not giving people sides of that on this project, but I think, um, I think we're, we're going to get, everyone's going to be able to find their own kind of song and meaning in a song. Um, on this project, not only because there's just more songs, but also there's just a lot of different feelings and a lot of different um, moods on the album. Uh, for instance, there's a song called Walk in the Park, which is the first song on the album, which is is not a single, but um, that'll be coming out on, uh, in June. And that's unlike nothing I've ever done. It's got like this piano line. It's very easy listening, but it's it's catchy, it's upbeat, but it still feels kind of relaxed. I mean, it's just got a lot of different feelings to it and, and things that I haven't yet explored. So I'm really excited for everybody to hear the whole album and, um, you know, find their own stories within the album. And, and I think everyone will be able to relate to different songs in different ways. Um, and I'm just excited to show different sides of me musically most, mostly. That's great. And uh, besides the album and the excitement of the album, what can fans expect next? So um, I will definitely be going back on the road this year. And uh, that's that's why I started making music to begin with is to play shows. I, I love that more than anything. And um, 
And the fact that there's uh, people listening to my music now that I can go meet in person is uh, like the greatest feeling of all time. And so I will never stop doing that. Um, I will always tour. And so I'm looking forward to get back uh, getting back out there this year. Um, and beyond that, I mean, I feel like I get that question a bit like all the time. Like what's next? I mean, I always wanted to do what I'm doing now, which was make music for an audience of listeners and then go play it live. And so I've made that my job and, um, I'm lucky enough to have that be my job and I will literally never stop doing it. So what's next is that I will always release music and I will tour it till the end of time. You have my word. It's all I want to do. So best, best news ever. And <laughs> that reminded me, I thought it was so cool on TikTok. You had duetted a video of a fan playing a cover of one of your songs. Mm. What is it like to see that your music resonates with people and they want to be able to perform it and they learn the lyrics and they come to the shows and sing it back to you? What has that experience been like to see that and how does it feel? It feels so amazing. I, I was um, I was so inspired by musicians that I loved growing up and and um, different bands and different artists that like changed my life and inspired me to make this my career and and you know make me so passionate about this that if I could serve in that like if I, if I could inspire someone to make a career out of this or to pursue music, or even just to want to have it, you know, be a passion and, and play music. That is really like what it comes down to for me is like hopefully inspiring other people to do the same. And, um, so when I see people playing my songs, I mean, that's, that's it for me. It's, it doesn't get any better than that. And the fact that they, they want to play it and, you know, help spread the word about my music is super special to me. Um, and I'll, I'll always, you know, share those videos or respond or whatever I can do to like highlight those people because, you know, that was me like five years ago. Like, uh, you know, that's still me. Like I would still post a cover and hope that one of the, an artist that I love would share it or, or respond or even see it or, or anybody could see it really. So, um, it's just super special. And, uh, you know, like I said, like I, I always wanted what I have now and, and I'm just excited to keep going. So that's awesome. And how can those fans stay connected with you and follow along on your journey and future and beyond? They can follow me anywhere they'd like on, on a line at Dev Kennedy music, or if they're streaming music, it's just under Devin Kennedy. And um, please, please say hello and shoot me a DM or, or whatever. I, I love talking to everybody. So please say hi. Awesome. And one last question, a fun question to end things. What is one quote that you have heard or that you go by that you want to echo out to the world? So I actually had a conversation with somebody about this the other day. I, I saw, uh, pretty early on, I saw a quote from Russ where he said, what if it could turn out better than you thought it could? And that mm. is a crazy quote to me, but I think I'd like to adapt it because I think that's true. But I was saying to somebody, somebody the other day that your, your dreams are never going to look like, look how you think they were going to look, but it doesn't mean they can be, they can't be real close. You know, I love that. Like, yeah. I think a lot of things happened over the last couple of years where like, 
like amazing things have happened. It wasn't exactly as I, how I thought it was going to go, but I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm along the same line. I'm not far off from where I thought I wanted to be, if that makes sense. And, and so, so yeah, that, that would be my quote. Awesome. I think that's a great thing to, to go by in so many different scenarios. So Devin, thank you so much for chatting with me today and talking about all the stuff that you have in store and everybody go stream frequent flyer and get ready for the album. All right. Thank you so much for having me. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you all for listening to the latest episode of echo the podcast to stay up to date with everything echo. You can follow along on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, and Pinterest.